The Revelations of St. Gertrude, written by herself. Continuing Chapter 10 On the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross, my Lord brought forward these words which I had heard used at the preceding matins. If the Lord had willed to teach his doctrine only to those who were present, he would have taught by word only, not by writing. But now they are written for the salvation of many. He added further, I desire your writings to be an indisputable evidence of my divine goodness in these latter times, in which I purpose to do good to many. These words having depressed me, I began to consider within myself how difficult and even impossible it would be to find thoughts and words capable of explaining these things to the human intellect without scandal. But the Lord delivered me from this pusillanimity by pouring out on my soul an abundant rain, the impetuous fall of which weighed me down like a young and tender plant, vile creature that I am, instead of watering me gently so as to make me increase in perfection. I could find no profit from it, except from some weighty words, the sense of which I was unable perfectly to penetrate. Therefore, finding myself still more depressed, I inquired what would be the advantage of these writings, and thy goodness, my God, solaced my trouble with thy usual sweetness, refreshing my soul by this reply. Since this deluge appears useless to you, behold, I will now approach you to my divine heart, that your words may be gentle and sweet according to the capabilities of your mind. Which promise, my Lord and my God, thou didst most faithfully fulfill? For four days, at a convenient hour each morning, thou didst suggest with so much clearness and sweetness what I composed, that I have been able to write it without difficulty and without reflection, even as if I had learned it by heart long before. With this limitation, that when I had written a sufficient quantity each day, it has not been possible for me, although I applied my whole mind to it, to find a single word to express the things which, on the following day, I could write freely, thus instructing and refraining my impetuosity. As the scripture teaches, let none so apply himself to action as to omit contemplation. Thus art thou jealous for my welfare, and whilst thou givest me leisure to enjoy the embraces of Rachel, thou dost not permit me to be deprived of the glorious fruitfulness of Leah. May thy wise love deign to accomplish in me these two things. Chapter 11 She receives the gift of tears, and is warned of the snares which the demon has laid for her. Since, Lord, thou hast so often diversified the salutary taste of thy presence, and that thou hast prevented my baseness so assiduously with the sweetness of thy benedictions, especially during the first three years, and more especially when I was admitted to the participation of thy adorable body and blood, since I can make no return to thee for this, even by a single thanksgiving for a thousand favors, I remit the thanksgivings which I owe to that eternal, infinite, and incommunicable gratitude, by which, O ever-peaceful and resplendent Trinity, 
thou dost fully satisfy all our debts of thyself, by thyself, and in thyself. I, who am but dust, offer my thanksgivings to thee, through him who stands by thee, clothed with my substance, through the operation of the Holy Spirit, for all the benefits which I have received from thee, but principally for having instructed my ignorance by so evident a sign that thou hast shown me clearly how I corrupt the purity of thy gifts. On one occasion, when I assisted at a Mass at which I was to communicate, I perceived that thou wert present by an admirable condescension, and that thou didst use this similitude to instruct me, by appearing as if parched with thirst, and desiring that I should give thee to drink. For well, I was troubled thereat, and could not even force a tear from my eyes, I beheld thee presenting me with a golden cup with thine own hand. When I took it, my heart immediately melted into a torrent of fervent tears. Then I saw a certain despicable creature at my right hand, who was secretly putting something bitter and venomous into it, and inciting me to put it in this cup. But as this was followed by an instant motion of vainglory, I easily understood that it was a stratagem of that ancient enemy, who turns against us all his rage when he sees us enriched with thy gifts. But thanks be to thy faithfulness, my God. Thanks to thy protection, who art one and true God, Trinity in unity, unity in trinity, who permittest not that we should be tempted beyond our strength, although thou sometimes permittest us to be tempted for our advancement in virtue. When thou seest that we confide in thee, thou undertakest our cause, and with boundless generosity dost win the victory for us, and then allow us the merit of it, if only we will do to, will to do right. Thou dost procure us this advantage to increase our merit, that, as thou dost not permit our enemy to interfere with our free will, so neither dost thou interfere with it thyself in any way. Thou didst teach me also on another occasion that to yield easily to the enemy makes him insolent in attacking us again on the same subject. Therefore, Thy justice requires that thou shouldst sometimes conceal the greatness of thy mercy in pardoning our negligence, because we resist evil more certainly, more usefully, more efficaciously, and more happily, when we resist it with all our might. Chapter 12 With how much goodness God bears our faults, I render thee thanks also for another revelation which was no less advantageous and acceptable to me, by which I was shown with what benign patience thou dost bear our defects, that, by correcting us thus, thou madest ensure our happiness. One evening, having allowed myself to give way to anger, and on the following morning, before break of day, finding myself disposed to pray, that it's present thyself to me under so strange a form, that it seemed to me on beholding thee, that thou wert not only deprived of all kind of good, but even of strength. 
then my conscience being touched for my past fault, I began to reflect with grief how improper a thing it had been for me to trouble the supreme author of peace and purity by my ill-regulated passion. I thought it would have been better that thou shouldst have been absent from me when I failed to repel thine enemy, while he solicited me to do that which was so contrary to thy will. Thou didst apply this to me. Even as a poor invalid who has been brought out to enjoy the sunshine by the assistance of others, with much difficulty, when he sees a storm coming on, has no other consolation than the hope of soon seeing fine weather again. Thus, under the influence of your love, I prefer dwelling with you in all the tempests of vice, hoping to behold the calm of your amendment and to see you enter the port of humility. Since my tongue is too feeble to explain the abundance of the graces which thou didst pour forth on me during the entire three days in which this apparition lasted, permit, O oh my God, that my heart may supply for its weakness and teach me how to render a thanksgiving of gratitude for the depth of the humility to which thy love then abased itself for this charity, so amazing and so tender which thou hast for us. Chapter 13 Of the Necessity of Exact Vigilance Over the Senses and Affections I confess also before thy goodness, God of mercy, that thou didst use another means to animate my languor, and though at first thou didst communicate thy work by the intervention of a third person, that its will nevertheless to consummate it thyself, with mercy and condescension. This person proposed to my consideration the gospel which relates that after thy birth thou had found by shepherds. She added that thou hadst made known to her that if I would truly find thee, I must watch over my senses as the shepherds over their flocks. I had some difficulty in believing this, and there seemed to me but little reason in it, knowing that thou hadst given other capabilities to my soul than those of serving me as a hired shepherd would his master, so that from morning until evening I was full of discouragement. After Compline, as I was in the place where I pray, that it solace my grief by this comparison. If a bride prepare food sometimes for her bridegroom's falcons, she will not on this account be deprived of his caresses, so if I occupied myself for love of thee in watching over my affections and senses, I should not on this account be deprived of the sweetness of thy graces. That it's give me for this purpose the spirit of fear under the figure of a green rod, in order that, remaining always with thee, and never leaving the shelter of thine embraces even for a single moment, I might without danger extend my care to all the windings and labyrinths in which human affection so often loses itself. That it's add that when anything presented itself to my mind which sought to turn my thoughts to the right as to joy and hope, or to the left as to fear, grief, or anger, that I should threaten them with the rod of fear, and that afterwards, by the restraining of my senses, I should immolate this affection like a newborn lamb by the fire of my heart, and offer it to thee as a feast.
This has been taken from The Revelations of St. Gertrude, Part 2 of The Life and Revelations of St. Gertrude the Great, first published in English in 1862. This work is available through 10 books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.